This podcast is brought to you by Online Retailer, Australia's leading retail tech conference, expo and networking organisation. Recorded at the Online Retailer Conference in 2016, here we chat with world-class digital leaders to bring you industry insights, practical examples and actionable ideas from our incredible community of retail renegades, marketing masters and creative entrepreneurs who all want to do retail business big. We want to extend the conversation after the event and to keep exploring where the future meets retail. So let's talk shop. Hi, and welcome to this episode of the Online Retailer Podcast. I'm Kylie Lewis, and joining me today is Mike Wilson, a co-founder of Tiny Me. So welcome, Mike. Thank you. Now, Mike, for our listeners who might not know who Tiny Me is, would you mind giving us a little bit of a background about um, what Tiny Me does, um, what your role is there, and maybe how you came to arrive at the business? Sure. So um, we make the world's cutest personalized products for kids. <laughs> um, typically, most of our products target at kids. Uh, target market is sort of mums of kids zero to three, so you've got up to about six. Um, everything's custom made to order. So um, once someone chooses something, chooses a design, chooses a color, personalizes it, we'll actually make that order. We've got a mix of products from um, kids' bags and backpacks to decor to books. Um, it's a lot of wooden educational puzzles, um, all sorts of different product. Um, we have websites in the US, UK, and Australia. Um, so tinyme.com, US, tinyme.co.uk for UK, and tinyme.com.au for Australia. And, um, sort of the rest of the world. Um, we are kind of like a full stack um, business in the sense that everything we, we internal um, develop, development team, design team, manufacturing, marketing, um, compliance and risk, there's lots of that in the kids space, um, for better or worse. So we can sort of, um, and that's probably come through our background. So um, two of the three directors uh, are designers. So I founded the business um, about 10 years ago, um, I, my background was industrial design mm-hmm. and, um, and didn't have really a clue about online selling stuff online other than it just seemed like that seems like a good way to sell something if it's going to be personalised. Um, and then once we built a website, realised we needed to get people to that website. So I had to start learning about this sort of stuff. <laughs> build it and they will come, <laughs> yeah, hopefully. <or laughs> yeah, well, yeah, that's right. It doesn't exist, unfortunately. <laughs> um, and... Um, but we've always been very product focused, so just making a really, really awesome product. And we, we always figured if you've got a really good product, you don't have to be the world's best marketer. Um, we've turned out that we actually aren't, aren't too bad at marketing and quite like it, and particularly on building a really strong brand that people like and that resonates with people. So that was a so, designer that just said, we actually quite like marketing. So yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so um, that's right. Well, and on a bit of a classic right brand, left brand mashup. So I've always like in industrial design really liked doing the bill of materials and, and getting right into that side of things. And then I've often had very, I don't know, arty type bent and, and ideas. So, um, and that, that sort of lends itself quite well to marketing and it's kind of what we do. Um, yeah, so there's three directors now. So um, one of my friends joined um, pretty early on, um, one of my friends from Industrial Design and then um, Nick McLennan and then Ben Hare, uh, quite a few years in, he was an um, infrastructure fund manager at Goldman Sachs. Um, and he made the obvious career move to to, to leave his ex- to, yeah, to leave his very well paid job in at Goldman's and, and join in the fight to dominate kids personalised product space globally and um so here we are um 
Yeah, and it's been great. We've got a, a really good business and uh, and a great product. And I must say, we're not actually passionate per se about kids' product. Um, it's sort of where we um, started, and we haven't moved away from that yet. Um, we've, between the three directors, we've got fifteen kids. Um, so, so you're passionate about kids. <laughs> about kids, that's right. So about I've got, making the kids. About making the kids. Yeah, yeah, that's right. I've got I've got six kids, and they've got a lot of product at home. Well, did, so, so did you start this business to solve your own problem? So yeah, that's right. <laughs> that's right. Um, I certainly started it because I, I was aware of you know product in the kids space because we had I had two kids at the time and um, but it was it really was not that strategically started like I never yeah that was um, and we've realised that our strength is this mashup between web enabling technology that we just love um, building a really strong brand and telling the story which we also love and then um, digital production systems which we've just and, and the software that runs those. We realised um, from our sort of lean manufacturing industrial design days that if you're going to be a manufacturer in Australia um, with pretty much the highest labour cost in the world, things have to be pretty automated. Um, yeah. And that's just been, we've been pretty relentless on that um, since day one. And just to make ourselves, you know, um, uh, solvent, let alone profitable, you know, like yeah. so. Um, and that's that's meant that we've, I think, built up a real strength in that sort of core. And that can be applied to... To different verticals obviously our machines don't care whether they're printing kids product or not yeah. we just it's just a matter of focus as to why we haven't gone and done other stuff yet yeah um it come, came around to a bit of a decision of do we go international or do we go into other verticals and we decided we'll go international um get that established and then look at other verticals let alone other completely different business ideas but um we've kind of forced certain disciplines on ourselves mainly being self-aware enough that we're very particularly nick and i in the early days um just had so many ideas and we're very scatty, so we had to enforce certain disciplines in place um, to make sure we keep focused and stay focused and get stuff done. And that's just been, it's become from being a weakness, and that's now probably one of our key strengths as a business, like just getting, executing and staying focused. Absolutely. So, so I'm really interested to know what those disciplines are. So, yeah, we've got quite a systematised um, sort of process to um, how we go from strategic um, long-term planning down to day-to-day Um getting stuff done. Um, so we actually got a business coach probably about eight years ago for about a year and or so, and that was that was really, really worthwhile. Um, and then we sort of built upon a lot of that. So we've got a process where we, um, in any given year, we'll have we'll have sort of big goals like um, like a lot of businesses, like a big, hairy, audacious goal type sort of stuff. And then we break that down and say, um, okay, how are we going to achieve that over the next sort of three to four-year time frame? And then... Um, what that what does that mean for sort of five key focus areas for the next 12 months? And we typically um, run on five key focus areas. Then in any given quarter, we run on um, uh, in quarters. Um, Can I ask so, why five? Just Yeah, it's a good question. Like we've, we've wondered about that ourselves. Should it be three? Should it be two? Should it be... Yeah. Um, is it a magic number? No, yeah. it's just like a number. Like, um, and, and what we have found with that is like often there'll be... Um, we can't have five really, really... Um, that... The five key focuses aren't all created equal. So we find that um, certain stuff won't make their way in. Um, they might be more important than the fifth, but we just know that um, uh, we won't get all, like even with just five for an annual 12-month period, it just often can be, um, you know, if they're all huge, we just know we won't get it done. And often there'll be a synergy between them, so they'll support each other. I, I heard um, the head of so. digital from Morel last year yep. um, speak, actually, um, the e-commerce show in Melbourne. Yep. And um, and he was saying that for his team, they have one for each of their brands. They have one key focus for the whole year. So <clears> it yep. might be on 
improving the navigational structure and yep. they'll just test the hell out of it for the year. Yeah. You know, so yep. five in that context seems like quite a lot. Yeah, it does. Now, that's um, five for the entire business. So, right. Um, yeah. So production, like one key focus here, if it's one, maybe have nothing to do with production. Yeah. Like we went through a stage early on where we had a lot of business hygiene type stuff to get right. Two designers running a business at very rapid pace early on, um, mainly because we just had great product, we just grew fast. Mm. And then we had like, oh, there's just, you know, compliance and OHS and all this stuff about like running a grown-ups business. <laughs> um, and that's where Ben came aboard. We often have these big contracts and like, I hate that sort of stuff. So I'd, uh, and he's just a friend of ours. And so he'd often just, and he quite liked that sort of stuff. He'd go over it and then he was doing his MBA and couldn't really apply it on at Goldman. So sort of he joined, but, and we just got a good synergy there. But for a few years, we had to build out that business platform, lots of systems and replatforming and whatnot. And then, so the, the, the five key focus areas will change um, over time. So now we've got ones that between the design team, the marketing team, the compliance team, production, um, and the dev team, um, yeah, certain ones will be appropriate to certain people a bit more than others. They'll, they'll go down into any given quarter. So um, each individual or team has got um, five projects for the quarter, um, five top fives. Um, so we've... Now got the more team based. So design's got five, marketing's got five, tech's got five. Like I've got five. The other directors have got five. Um, and typically, if they're not aligned with the key focus areas, we've got a problem. Mm. So particularly with the number one and two and three key focus areas, yeah. so that's a good way of saying okay, our core projects for this any given quarter um, have got to be aligned. And then those projects will um, typically over a quarter will break down into two week sprints. So we sort of got pretty early days into agile mainly because we're right into lean manufacturing yeah so when we started reading about agile and lean startup stuff I was like yeah this is the stuff we've really been into for quite a while anyway yeah. um and so then in the in the two-week sprint um so we'll have um in design team might have we call it for story points so 40 story points um again those points if they're not aligned with the five projects which aren't aligned with the five quick key focus areas we've got a problem and then we get everyone to get right into a book called Getting Things Done by David Allen and like personal productivity hacks. And um, organically, the team started using time tracking software just to see how much time they're spending on certain stuff, which is awesome. Like we haven't even imposed that on them. They just do it because they want to hit their story points and get the job done. So right down into how an individual works, um, almost hour by hour really, um, uh, they can sort of have confidence that what they're working on is the right thing at the right time. Um, use some sort of personal productivity you know, techniques. A lot of the stuff have done check your email constantly and you know, just some basic stuff to get individually more productive. But as a team, and a lot of it's team-based stuff, so the story points are as a team bringing the sprint, not individually. Um, it just sort of all flows. So at any given time, it just with all those different levels of organisational structure, which were imposed from being you know, quite scatty individuals and just realising that need, and the team actually just really run with it. And we're just very, very effective in terms of getting stuff done now. Um, and it's it's great. So what we find is when we talk to people about our business, often other e-com people, other business owners are often more interested in that stuff because it kind of applies to any business mm. and it's and we love talking about it. We're pretty passionate about it. Yeah. And, um, and yeah, so that's sort of a little bit. We're very focused on to the metrics and, and, and what measured and pr- what is measured and proves um, and getting everyone in the business focused on those. So the design team is now quite focused on certain metrics. Um, and even time efficiencies because they can spend more time designing and not doing kind of hack work, which is just, you know, they don't really want to do anyway. So, and be more creative. And I think it lends itself to being more dynamic and a more creative business. So, yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah. Fantastic. <laughs> well, the, the thought that comes to mind is that you've really, you've taken the idea of design and actually designed business processes within your business yeah. um, to support what you're actually trying to do, to support the outcome. So yeah. it, it's <clears> there's <throat> no surprise that a team of designers have, you know, taken a design concept and kind of place that into the operations of the business really. yeah, yeah, yeah yeah so you start with like a well you said three to four year plan and then kind of work back for that but do you have like an annual planning session where yep. you plan out for 12 months and then bring that back to say the next quarter or the next 90 days and then you know you've got your five priorities within that yep absolutely yeah. so we, we do it on financial year so we've yep. just um, done one relatively recently um so yoni from our uk team's flying out and and we'll do um, departmental and then business-wide um, clarifying a lot of stuff like around our just also really big on it. I could talk about a lot um, on core values and, and sort of purpose and because we found that stuff, which is pretty trendy sort of topic nowadays, but it's just um, if you're sort of listening and it's one of those things you've scoffed at because it sounds a bit soft, it, it's just um, we've just learned that it is just so, so critical um, and that pervades um, a lot of what we do now. Um, and so a lot of the... Annual sessions just confirming that and making sure people are that's sort of growing in the business and, and, and is healthy. And then looking at our longer term goals. Um, and then a lot of typical stuff like SWOT analysis and, and certain just good business hygiene sort of stuff. But essentially to drive it, getting those five key focus areas and the metrics for the 12 year, uh, 12 month plan, um, you know, sort of by our key markets, which is mainly US, UK, and Australia. Um, and and setting the goals and the sort of with a bit of stretch. And if we're going to hit that, if we're going to hit the four-year, what does it mean in this year? Mm. And sort of getting, you know, freaked out by the numbers and, you know, if we're going to hit this BHAG, <laughs> yeah. what does that mean in terms of daily traffic? And yeah. if our conversion rate was this, you know, like just to sort of how many orders a day is that? And, like, people are like, oh, okay. it's It, it sort of sinks in. Mm. And so what does that mean for the next 12 months if we're going to get there? And um, and that usually then determines the, the main focus here is lots of sticky notes up on the board and yeah. people just um, – you know, the, the team, you've got, you know, if there's 20 people in the session, you might have, okay, you've got eight votes each and we'll sort of vote them up and then and just see what rises to the fore and then um, and sort of debate them out. We've got a very good culture of um, of arguing um, and uh, just to get, you know, good results. Um, and because we've hired really well on the core values front, we get people that are, I don't know, just um, not selfish, I guess, like nice people, um, but they've got opinions um, so you can sort of have it out and... Um, and won't be too precious about things and just... Um, How do you create that culture where you can, you know, for better, one of a better term, fight right, you know? Fight like, right, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a lot of work. Like, I think a lot of it comes down to spending a lot of time on the hiring process um, and uh, and fostering it in the business. So we have, like, um, part of also our structure is you have sort of daily stand-up meetings for the teams and then a, a 903 huddle with a broader team. Daily huddle, yeah. Daily huddle. And we've done that for years and years and standing agenda items will be core values stuff. So, again, have they been um, – and people pretty much every day or well, someone will speak up about um, something that refers to our core values and how that's been active in the business. So people are just very aware of them. Performance reviews, it's sort of – a lot of it's around, you know, more key responsibility areas – as well as your values. So a lot of the value stuff, people that are doing well in the business and have been really promoted and uh, typically just are ones that have aligned with the, the values because it's their work and that's what makes the business go well. Well, you've recruited the people so, that are already, you know, somewhat aligned and, yeah. and then strengthened those, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And we sort of model it amongst the directors. We're all pretty good at arguing. Um, and, uh, 
and I think with some new staff, they're probably going to be um, not shocked, but they'll sort of, um, you know, see us sort of going for it. Um, but again, if it, it doesn't really get personal, if it does, well, they'll also see us say, yeah, look, I was apologising. Um, and uh, and uh, it's just worked really well. So so can you tell me what your values are, what the company so, values are? Yeah, so um, they're, they're a little bit wishy-washy in terms of the actual, I talk about creativity. So it's often with them just got a whole bunch of points of what that might mean. Mm-hmm. And then we'll talk about that dynamic. Um, integrity, which I remember at the time our business coach did come put integrity in. It's just too way too wishy-washy and everyone says integrity. And we've, we've, we said, no, we really want to put this in. Um, and, and that's one that our staff's seen modelled. Like there's certain stuff that's cost us lots of money that we just haven't done because it's, um, uh, you know, might be dealing with certain things in China where they do certain things. Um, certain manufacturers have wanted to do stuff a certain way and we've said no we can't do it um, so um, um, customer focus so again it's a bit it's a bit wishy-washy but what in terms of what that actually means is internal and external customers and is our systems supporting um, customer focus, uh, focus and effective um, so when we put them up we had those sort of main words and we kind of retrospectively thought we probably need to you know give them a statement we never really got around to doing it. We've got a whole bunch of statements that support them. Mm. But, um, yeah, so they're the, they're the sort of the values. Yeah. And, um, and so living and breathing those in your daily huddles where it's kind of expected that you, someone will call out some, you know, some kind of behaviour or some example of how that's been lived in the business. Yeah. 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 If it's just there as a standing agenda item too, just our core values, has anyone seen stuff? Yeah. Um, it can be very little. Um, and that the staff address will have it on the, as a standing agenda item. Like it, it's... It sounds like you're sort of imposing it, but if it's there, then people just – if it, we just skip it if no one's got something to say. Mm. Um, but nearly every day someone's got something to say. And, um, you know, we'll come back from this conference and we'll probably share some stuff that aligns of, you know, that's ties in with one of those things of dynamic, effective, creative, you know, integrity, that sort of stuff. Yeah. Um, and uh, we've sort of thought otherwise. How do you keep them alive in the business? And, and that just seems to be um, – without sort of it being too artificial – and that just seems to be quite a good way of doing it. And, um, yeah. Yeah. So you've got regular communication rhythms, having having your daily stand-ups. You've got um, two weekly sprints. You've got the 90-day view of what we're shooting for and what our priorities are. Yep. That sits within a bigger structure. So you've got this beautiful communication rhythm where everyone knows what's expected and, yep. and, and how, you know, what they're shooting for. How do you deal with, you know stuff that gets thrown in the mix of that when absolutely you know laws change or machines break down or you yeah. know there's something gets thrown in the mix of that yeah and that's another thing we've um so we've got as a daily daily um standing agenda item in the dailies and the weeklies um uh just roadblocks is there any roadblocks that are impeding you getting stuff done in terms of getting the sprint done say in terms of bringing what we decided as a team we're going to do so that the sprints are done with typical agile methodology of it's called planning poker, so the team decides how much time this is going to take. Um, using these cards, to just a good, you know, people can Google it. It's a good way of getting good estimations. Um, but if you're not going to get this, the sprint and there's a roadblock, we want to hear about that really early. So the daily meetings will bring that up. That'll sort of cascade up to the, the you know, the, the broader team meeting and we'll gain any roadblocks that come up. Um, and so depending on what it is, we'll just get someone onto it or put it in a, you know, much be into the bug register in Jira for the devs or... Um, yeah, so, and then on the weekly we'll have a, we have a roadblocks board and we put them up and they're dated and they're the bigger roadblocks. And then, you know, some of them just stick around, stick around and, uh, 
And we have, it's got a column. Has it, has it got a plan to get rid of that roadblock? Because if it doesn't have a plan, it's probably not going to get. We're not going to get rid of it. Yeah, right. And just to just to remind us, then you've got sort of pretty, um, you know, the sites down type stuff. And we've just got um, in production. We've got lots of standard operating procedures or business continuity plans. This is that business hygiene stuff. You know, what happens if the power went out last week? Um, you know, what happens there? And you know, you pick up the list, call this place, go to this URL, see when it's going to come back on, and do this, do this, do this. Um, Were they hard so, one lessons? Yeah, I think so. Often if something happens again, we'll have a, a debrief. How do we make sure this doesn't happen again? Yeah. Um, does it need a, a business continuity plan? Does it need a, a whatever, whatever? Um, and I, that's another strength we've now turned a weakness into a strength in terms of we're really good at dealing with stuff-ups. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll have what we call um, collective intelligence sessions. So that's how can we just get the team together from often diverse areas of the business. This is the problem. What can we do about it? Or it's happened What retrospective, what should we do to stop it happening again? And that's partly come through our um, the lean manufacturing sort of ethos of continuous improvements and there's all these Japanese words for it, but um, essentially just making sure, um, yeah, if it happens once, go to the root cause and make sure it doesn't happen again as much as you can. Yeah. And um, and again, we've always got a long way to go, but I think that's um, it, it's just really helped. Again, you, and you just sort of got to systematise that so people will speak up really, really early and, and they know that they're able to speak up and, I don't know, and, and fess up if they've stuffed something up. People are just always going to stuff something up. Typically our really good stuff are the ones that problem at the biggest problems. Um, and so just making sure there's a culture too where people can say, look, <laughs> this is a problem. And, um, and we've got, like one of our things in Effective is we come up with, you know, solutions, not the problems. Like, um, and... And making sure people, it's a culture where people can make mistakes and we can just improve and that's you know, how you get better. So. Yeah, there was a fantastic study that came out of Google last year about their top um, 180 performing teams. Like they, they looked across a whole lot of wow, different projects. Teams. <laughs> yeah, and well, I think it was like um, projects. Yeah, yeah. Different teams. <clears throat> yeah. And what was the factors that made those teams um, higher performing? And the number yeah. one thing was psychological safety. Yeah, okay. So yeah. that ability to take risks, the ability to say, I don't know, you know, the, the ability to ask a question without feeling like, feeling silly for asking that yeah, question. absolutely. So, yeah. you know, for, for that to come out of Google, I think, you know, you're obviously doing something <laughs> yeah. right if, you're, if, you, if that's also, you know, a core piece <clears throat> of your values yeah. um, to make sure that it's safe to do that. But I, um, I am really curious um, about personal productivity. Yeah. And I know that a lot of people <clears throat> are. As a as a business owner, as a father of six children, yep. um, you know, as a human being, um, yep. <clears throat> we we are all you know stretched to the limits. In you know, we all have the same amount of time. Yep. You know, we all want to be doing so many things. Like you said before, the discipline of you know, how do I take so many ideas that I've got out of here and prioritize them and bring them back in? So, yep. <clears throat> and you've already mentioned um, David Allen and getting stuff done. But what yep. are, what are some of your other personal productivity things that you do to manage? You know, being human. In yeah, this yeah, age? absolutely. Um, we do see a real. We look at it very much in terms of um, individual and team. So one of the things we do, we focus a lot on 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 the team's um, effort. Um, and, and that actually helps the individuals in the team, first of all, be accountable to each other because if they're bringing in that, um, you know, that KPI as a team KPI or the sprint points for a team, um, uh, you know, the, the, for the team, um, even though individuals are working on individual projects, that just inherently does bring that sort of accountability between them, plus the structures of, you know, daily huddles of what's up, what did we bank yesterday, what are we going to bank today um, and get done. So that actually helps individuals. 
Um, Keeps them focused keep, in the short term. Absolutely. Yeah. I think one of the things, if you're working on a task, and ours are literally um, you know, um, post-it notes on the, well, they're not, you know, post-it note size bits of paper on a, on a whiteboard. Very technical. So, yeah, like, and we'll, we'll watch that too because we're all, particularly the directors, all kind of got a geeky bent, so we'll go straight to the tools and software stuff. And we've often just forced back to like, Get on paper, um, get out of the Yeah, wall. exactly. Yeah, um, yeah. Which is also, uh, Lane's quite into that sort of getting visual workplace stuff. Um, and so if you've got this list of tasks, one thing, if we've story pointed half a day or however long it's going to take, um, on that micro task, just breaking it down and just literally, uh, the team uses a free bit of software called Toggle and they'll just time how long this is taking because as soon as you're just timing it, like we're not, no one's actually looking at this data. The design team manager's kind of looking at certain stuff but it's, the, it's not like we're billing out by the hour or for that individual, they'll just know that if they start, as soon as you just put a, the time running, you'll just be quicker straight away because you'll just be aware of how long something's taking. Mm-hmm. Is this actually like a micro roadblock? And on designers, like, just often perseverate in certain details and, and they should just stop and, and move on and get someone else to come and help out or whatever it is on a minor on a detail. So what, what's measured improves? If as soon as you're measuring your time, it just, just helps. Um, we often say this high value versus low value um, in terms of the time. Like how long is a meeting, meetings taking? Like that sort of stuff can just often suck away your day. You can get to distract on something that's very important but it's not the essential task. Um, some basic sort of things of um, uh, yeah, when you check your email, so not just having it always on and being distracting the whole time. Um, the David Allen um, stuff is very much having trusted capture systems. So again, you can just, I need to do something, whack it in my trusted capture system. I'd have to think about it in my subconscious. Just sits there. I've got my weekly review. I'll go through and I'll review the tasks there and look at them at, again. In the book, it talks about different altitudes of the Sunday maybes um, versus you know this one's got a specific deadline. Um, so that sort of stuff we've got has helped um, on project running projects. We get the team a lot of just sort of standard checklist stuff, pretty basic things. Have you done this? Done this? Done this? Um, which allows you just not have to think about those things and just get on with actually being creative and doing what you're good at doing and just making sure you haven't forgotten about certain aspects. Um, so I, I've done personally things like I've just said, these are my, um, you know, three things I've got to do this week and I've just had them sitting there on my desk the whole time just to sort of, hey, stay focused, stay focused. I, I can just go off and all, like my business cards, like founder ideas, man. Like I, I just got, um, you know, I've always had these blown out sort of Evernote docs full of just ideas all the time. Um, I've really had to make sure document the idea put it away for some time but stay focused Mike stay focused yeah. um and I and I've just I've really struggled with it um and uh but I've put the sort of systems in place to help and I think the team generally some people are just naturally a lot better at it um so yeah that's sort of some of the some of the stuff again we'll just share any really good articles any good stuff we'll just share with the team on so what do you do in the morning Mike um I actually have to leave it about 10 past 7 to take one of my uh daughters to the bus stop and I don't do too much before that other than get up, get dressed, have breakfast, you know, kiss the kids goodbye and uh, kiss my wife goodbye and get out the door. Um, I'm not, I've am not. i never been a particularly uh, morning person. Um, as much as I admire um, morning people and from what I understand, that's the 5am miracle. People get up and it, it can really kickstart their day. Um, conceptually, I love the idea. In, in actual practice, I'm often up late, very night, uh, up late at night and get very creative late at night. So, um, You're a bit of a night owl rather than, you know, rather than an early bird. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah, I have been. I, I much, I've always wanted to be an early bird, but I just... Me too. Just haven't been. <laughs> um, I think you have to train for it. 
Yes, I think you do. A bit of pre-season training. So, yeah. Um, yeah. So then I, I, I get to work and then I've got a, a relatively structured routine at work um, and uh, in terms of just checking in on the key um, KPIs and stats from the day before, um, checking over my meeting schedule and to-dos for that day and making sure is there any adjustments to my priority list um, in terms of, yeah, what needs to get done and um, and just checking in, again, is any roadblocks from, say, the day before on my team that just have to make sure, you know, are going to need to be tended to to just keep everything running. Yeah. And then we just kick off with a hard start at, at, at 8.40 with the team, um, uh, my direct team in terms of a, a scrum meeting and then that sort of cascades up to our, our broad um, broader team meeting at 9.03 where we go over a, a wider level metrics and sort of any roadblocks to do is within the entire team. Um, <clears throat> yeah, so that's sort of... Uh, is the start of my day. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So a great way to start the day, um, you know, in order starting with getting the kids out the door and getting yourself organised, and then sort of settling into that routine. So you walk in through the door, you know exactly where you're going to start. Um, reporting on all the things that need to be reported on, getting the team all aligned, and then yep. you know, facing any roadblocks. And it's that ability to stay agile and keep those communication rhythms going that's so important. Mm, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, thanks so much for your time today, Mike. It's been fantastic speaking with you. It's a pleasure. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for listening. If you've loved what you've heard today, make sure you're subscribed at onlineretailer.com.au to be the first to know about Australia's best e-commerce events.